Greetings from the Special Tribunal for Lebanon. I'm Ivana Hrdličková, judge and president of the tribunal. First of all, I would like to thank to the codification division of the Office of Legal Affairs of the United Nations for giving me an opportunity to participate in this audiovisual lecture project, which I highly support. Today, I will speak about the Special Tribunal for Lebanon, often described as the Tribunal of Many Firsts. Its primary mandate is to try all those responsible for the attack of 14 February 2005 in Beirut, Lebanon, which killed the former Lebanese Prime Minister Rafiq Hariri and injured many others. There has never been a tribunal like this before, and its innovations have the potential to provide valuable lessons for the future, the future of justice. I'm a strong advocate of international justice and international criminal justice in particular, and importantly, for lessons we can learn and benefit from to strengthen a sustainable international judicial system and to inspire more just future. The Special Tribunal for Lebanon conforms to long tradition of criminal prosecution at international level. Peter for Hagenbach's trial previously introduced a vision of a potential necessity of international criminal prosecution and trial in 1474, and his trial by an ad hoc tribunal of the whole Roman Empire can be considered as one of the first criminal trials of an international nature. The Nuremberg and Tokyo tribunals were established as a result of the Second World War, and then the modern era of international criminal justice commenced in the 1990s with tribunals created under different legal parameters. Some tribunals are solely international, some hybrid, or use international elements while still operating within national systems. For example, International Criminal Tribunal for Former Yugoslavia, Rwanda, Sierra Leone, Extraordinary Chambers for Cambodia, the International Criminal Court, and then the Special Tribunal for Lebanon. The Special Tribunal for Lebanon has, however, several features which are specifically unique to the Special Tribunal for Lebanon. In today's lecture, titled Special Tribunal for Lebanon, a tribunal of many firsts, I will touch upon these unique features, those many firsts. So, what are the many firsts of the Special Tribunal for Lebanon? I will list them first, and then I will elaborate on each one of them specifically. The uniqueness of the Tribunal starts with its creation. A Security Council resolution brought into force the provisions of an agreement between Lebanon and the United Nations. The Special Tribunal for Lebanon is the first international tribunal which has jurisdiction over the crime of terrorism as a distinct substantive crime committed in a country in the Middle East. The Arabic language, besides English and French, is not only the one of the official languages of the tribunal, but is also actively used in judicial proceedings. The law applied by the tribunal is hybrid. It is a combination of Lebanese criminal law and international law. For the first time after the Nuremberg trial, trials in absentia, thus in the absence of an accused, 
are allowed. Victims of terrorism can participate in the proceedings. To contribute to sustainable justice and to deal with the telecommunications evidence and to facilitate the ability of judges and all the legal teams in working with a large amount of filings efficiently, the Tribunal developed a unique integrated electronic management system legal workflow. And lastly, the nature of the evidence presented in court is mainly telecommunications evidence, which has never been the case at any other tri international tribunal before. So let me start now with the creation of the tribunal. The Special Tribunal for Lebanon was established by the United Nations Security Council Resolution number 1757 on 30 of 13 May 2007 under Chapter 7 of the Charter of the United Nations. Its purpose is to prosecute the, the persons responsible for what the Security Council described in that resolution as the act of terrorism that resulted in the death of the former Lebanese Prime Minister Rafiq Hariri and 21 others and caused bodily injury and other forms of harms to more than 200 other persons. The attack happened in the center of Beirut on 14 February 2005 when, reportedly, a quantity of explosive was detonated close to Rafiq Hariri's car and other vehicles in his convoy. Between 1 October 2004 and 12 December 2005, this attack was preceded and followed by a number of others which killed several Lebanese politicians, journalists and writers and injured many others. The Security Council resolution included the second category of attacks within the jurisdiction of the tribunal with the condition that a connection can be found between those attacks and the Hariri assassination. As such, these connected cases can be heard at the Special Tribunal for Lebanon also. And the third category of crimes, which could also fall within the tribunal's jurisdiction, are crimes that occurred at any later stage that have a connection with the Hariri assassination. However, in this instance, there has to be an agreement between the United Nations, the government of Lebanon, in addition to the consent of the Security Council. In fact, the creation of the Special Tribunal for Lebanon began with the framework of negotiations. The initial aim was, as a result of negotiation, an agreement between the government of the Lebanon and the United Nations to establish a tribunal of an international character to try the persons responsible for the Hariri assassination. A result of these negotiations was the formation of a statute for the tribunal, although the political situation in Lebanon prevented the government from submitting this agreement to the parliament. The agreement was signed by both parties, however, was not enforceable as it could not be ratified by the Lebanese parliament. To overcome this situation, the Security Council of the United Nations took charge of the matter upon request of the Lebanese government and passed Resolution 1757, thus creating the Special Tribunal for Lebanon. 
The tribunal is an independent, temporary judicial organization. It is neither a United Nations court nor part of the Lebanese judicial system. Lebanon contributes 49% of the budget of the tribunal and 51% has been paid by voluntary contributions. The tribunal is indeed unique in many aspects and the fact that the tribunal was established to try terrorism as a distinct substantive crime as found as the, in the Lebanese criminal code is one of the most significant aspects of its uniqueness. The crime of terrorism has been the subject of several international documents. However, a generally accepted definition has yet to be articulated. The Appeals Chamber, in its interlocutory in abstracto decision of 14 February 2011, considered the definition of terrorism as regulated by Lebanese criminal law. Uh, however, this was on the basis of international treaties binding in Lebanon. And the Appeals Chamber also considered that the definition of terrorism has crystallized under international customary law. Such a finding, of course, may be subject of judicial determination by a chamber dealing with an actual case. But regardless of whether terrorism is classed as international crime or otherwise, our primary task is to try all those who are allegedly responsible for the crimes within the tribunal's jurisdiction, which include the crime of terrorism, as set out under Lebanese criminal domestic system. And potentially our work may contribute to the rule of law and the judicial culture in Lebanon and wider region. The Special Tribunal for Lebanon is the first international court to have specific jurisdiction over the crime committed in the Middle East and also the first court where the Arabic language, besides English and French, is not only one of the official languages of the tribunal, but is also actively used in judicial proceedings. Now I will turn to the structure of the tribunal. The tribunal is composed of four organs, the chambers, the office of the prosecutor, the registry and the defense office. The chambers are further divided into three sections, the pre-trial judge, the trial chamber and the appeals chamber. All judges are appointed by the United Nations Secretary-General after consultation with the Lebanese government. The role of the pretrial judge is mainly to review and confirm indictments and lead the pretrial phase of the proceedings, and also to establish jurisdiction over other cases that are connected to the Hariri attack. The trial chamber is composed of one Lebanese and two international judges and also two alternate judges. The trial chamber judges principally conduct the trials, assess all the evidence to decide whether an accused is guilty or not guilty. And the trial chamber judges must be convinced beyond reasonable doubt on accused guilt. The appeals chamber is composed of two Lebanese and three international judges. Its role is generally to decide interlocutory appeals against decisions taken of particular issue by the pretrial judge or the trial chamber, and then hear appeals against the judgment issued by the trial chamber. 
The president of the tribunal is also a presiding judge of the appeals chamber. And the role of the president is not only judicial, but also diplomatic, representing the institution as a whole, signing agreements on its behalf, submitting reports to the Secretary General of the United Nations and the Prime Minister of Lebanon, and also administrative, overseeing the functioning of the tribunal and the good administration of justice. The Office of the Prosecutor both investigates and prosecutes persons suspected to be responsible for the crimes falling within the tribunal's jurisdiction. The prosecutor himself is assisted by the Lebanese deputy prosecutor. Office of the, the Office of the Prosecutor also has the power to question suspects, victims and witnesses to collect the evidence and conduct on-site investigation. The prosecutor, as well as the registrar and the head of defense office, are appointed by the Secretary General of the United Nations. The registry is, like at other international criminal tribunals, responsible for servicing and of operational and administrative requirements of the tribunal, and particularly for the administration of the tribunal, human resources, safety and security, information technologies, and another section within the registry is the Public Information Office, which is responsible for informing stakeholders in Lebanon and internationally, such as journalists, media, legal community, civil society, creating communication channels, social media, website, and involving the spokesperson. The public communication is conducted in all three languages of of the tribunal, English, French, and Arabic. And uh, the tribunal has the outreach office in Beirut, which is responsible for training, public events, discussion with lawyers, civil society. And one of the significant achievements of uh, the outreach is the establishment of the inter-university program, when 12 Lebanese universities have been cooperating together under the umbrella of the Special Tribunal for Lebanon uh, for education in international criminal law. There is also the language section service of the tribunal, which is responsible for translation and interpretation. And one of the significant achievements of the sections, among others, of course, is the creation of a glossary of legal terminology in all three official languages of the tribunal. The register also assumes responsibility for duties such as support, protection, victims and witnesses and detention matters. The Victims and Witnesses Unit provides measures to provide, to provide safety, physical and psychological well-being, dignity and privacy for victims and witnesses. The Special Tribunal for Lebanon is the first and the only international criminal tribunal with an autonomous defense office, which is not a section of the registry like in other tribunals. And this is the main development uh, and innovation for the Special Tribunal for Lebanon in terms of its structure. The defense office does not represent or takes any instructions from any suspect or accused. It is responsible for maintaining a list of qualified counsels, experts and investigators, assigning defense counsel to represent accused and also providing support to defense teams. 
Now I will discuss the applicable law. The applicable law at the Special Tribunal for Lebanon is one of its unique features. It is a mixture of Lebanese law and international law. The proceedings before the tribunal are governed by its rules of procedure and evidence, which were drafted and approved by the judges of the tribunal. These rules ensure the, that the application of the highest standards of international criminal procedure, drawing on the experiences on other international tribunals on both civil and common law traditions. The tribunal's proceedings is divided into four phases, investigation and indictment, pretrial, trial and appeal stage. The substantive law is the law of Lebanon, specifically Lebanese criminal code. The statute stipulates that the Special Tribunal for Lebanon shall apply provisions of the Lebanese criminal code relating to the prosecution and punishment of the acts of terrorism and crimes and offenses against life and personal integrity, among others. The Special Tribunal for Lebanon is also the first international criminal tribunal since Nuremberg to hold trials in absentia, thus in the absence of an accused. Trials in absentia allow justice to start if an accused cannot be present in the courtroom and allow victims to seek justice. Our statute sets very strict conditions for allowing trials in absentia. The accused is provided with very important safeguards. He or she is fully represented by counsel throughout the proceedings, and he or she has the right to request a retrial if he or she wish to do so. It is highly important both for victims and the broader international community to see that the justice can be achieved even if the accused are not immediately present. And another important feature of the proceedings before the Special Tribunal for Lebanon is victims' participation. Why it is important? It is the first time that victims of terrorism can share their stories at the international level. And victims themselves expressed how the attack impacted on their lives and that on their lives of their families and the value of importance and opportunity to be represented and participate in the proceedings. The tribunal permits victims to participate and present their views and concerns during trial. And the victim's presence is not only significant for, for victims themselves, but serves as an important reminder to all of us why the representation of victims is such an important and positive development in international criminal justice. But it also means bridging the geographic divide between the courtroom and the victims participating in the proceedings, who are located outside of the Netherlands, while the seat of the tribunal is located in the Netherlands. And the Special Tribunal for Lebanon addressed that in several ways via streaming daily proceedings via website, then creating a secure interactive website for victims where they can find updates, have secure communication with their legal representative. The legal representative of victims also distributes a periodic newsletter 
and keeps victims participating in the proceedings updated. He organized town halls meetings, specifically in Beirut, where the victims participating in the proceedings have the opportunity to meet, to discuss common, issue, common issues, but, but also, importantly, support each other and share stories. Another point is the regular visit of victims participating in the proceedings in the courtroom, so they can watch proceedings in person, and it is a unique feature among other international tribunals that the victims can sit physically in the courtroom. And victims themselves described this as being empowering. And victims are also seen to participate, despite there is no accused in the courtroom. And, uh, but there is also set a private gallery for victims, for those who prefer to keep their privacy. Certainly there are limitations. We are conducting in absentia proceedings, so there is no accused present. And the statute does not allow victims to seek uh, compensation at the Special Tribunal for Lebanon. However, if an accused is found guilty, victims have the possibility to bring their claims before national courts on the basis of a judgment issued by the Special Tribunal for Lebanon. I would like to mention three jurisprudential developments of the Tribunal. First, we already know that the Special Tribunal for Lebanon is the first international criminal tribunal to deal with terrorism as a distinct substantive crime outside or context of ongoing armed conflict. And I already mentioned the Appeals Chamber decision on February 2011 on a, in abstract potential definition of terrorism. It may be some time before another court has caused to examine the crime of terrorism under international law, if ever. But uh, the Special Tribunal for Lebanon, this decision and definition may nevertheless contribute to a discussion of definition and possibly to codification of these customary rules. The second development is related to the prosecution of legal persons for contempt of court. The judges ruled on the interpretation of the word person and interpreted the word person beyond a nature person to include a legal person, its inherent jurisdiction specifically for contempt. So the Special Tribunal for Lebanon issued the first international judgment addressing the criminal responsibility of a legal person in 2015, although it was limited to the contempt of court. And third development, uh, in October 2017, the Appeals Chamber addressed in its decision and interpretation of criminal association according to the Lebanese law, again in abstract decision, being asked by the pretrial judge about the applicable law. Now I move to, to another uh, feature. The tribunal's electronic court management system, legal workflow, which was built completely internally, is another specialty unique to the Special Tribunal for Lebanon. The Special Tribunal for Lebanon contributes to the sustainable justice and dealing at the same time uniquely with highly technical evidence. The electronic con content management system called Legal Workflow is designed to capture and preserve the judicial records of the tribunal, such as filings, exhibits, transcripts, and their translations 
as well as audiovisual records of the proceedings, and the system facilitates the core business processes of the tribunal. Legal workflow system maintains only one copy of its contents, even if it is used for multiple purposes, which avoids the ban of most record system of multiple, multiple copies of filings and exhibits, and significantly also contributes uh, to cost efficiency of the tribunal. And it is particularly helpful in the context of a trial with extremely large amount of documentary evidence. And the system also contains strong security features, powerful search feature, powerful reporting system, and also a litigation tree view where users can see timeline of the litigation on an issue. Legal workflow also manage control judicial system via electronic filing of court records, control access and distribution of court records, electronic disclosure of evidentiary materials between parties, capture and presentation of evidence during hearing, translation of court record, and case analysis using the case management system tool. And uh, there are some milestones about this system. It is the first electronic disclosure made in any international tribunal. First integrated international judicial system at international tribunal. First electronic system adopted by another international court. And the legal workflow team obtained an award sir, in 2015 by the American Bar Association, which is granted to individuals or organizations which make the most significant development implementation of technological advantages in a court with limited or special jurisdiction. And let me mention just briefly some statistics about legal workflow. It contains more than 2.7 terabyte of the total content, more than 3,500 hours of video record so far, 200,000 documents, 10,000 uh, filings, 14,000 pages, and a small forest of 393s would be necessary to print all the content if we didn't use electronic system for that. Finally, yet importantly, another unique feature of the Special Tribunal for Lebanon is the nature of evidence. The nature of evidence presented to support allegations in the Ayash case differs greatly from the kind of evidence presented before other international military and criminal tribunals. And we can see how the system of international tribunals has evolved to respond to different crimes and that it brings an evolution in the type of evidence being presented. For example, the international military tribunals in Nuremberg heavily relied on documentary evidence, and prosecutions at other international criminal tribunals to a great extent relied on the witness testimony, military and government records, and some instances also physical and forensic evidence. In the IASH case at the Special Tribunal for Lebanon, the prosecution has presented three main phases of the case of evidence. Uh, phases two and three were based heavily, but not exclusively, on highly technical telecommunications evidence. 
This evidence begins with call data records generated and maintained from mobile phone services providers' business activities. And these call data records contain metadata, information about the communication. However, the raw call data records are largely unintelligible without further analysis. So as a result, the prosecutor offers the further analysis to understand this metadata, extracting relevant information from call data record and placing them into the documents called call sequence tables. While the use of the telecommunication evidence at the Special Tribunal for Lebanon is considered as unique at international level, and indeed it is, the similar kind of evidence already plays a significant role in complex criminal trials in many domestic jurisdictions. It will be, of course, up to the judges to assess the evidence and render a decision. However, the Ayash case has brought this class of evidence to the international level for the first time. As a result, it is perhaps no surprise that its use has given rise to a number of novel uh, legal issues and challenges. The pre-trial judge, trial chamber and the appeals chamber has already addressed some of them during the proceedings. Let me finish with two observations. First, the intersection of technology and international criminal law, which is so evident in the highly technical IASH proceedings, is not necessarily completely new, as the focus on films and forms of evidence in the Nuremberg trial suggests. The interactions between technology and evidence in international trials will most probably continue to evolve. Telecommunications evidence, which has formed such a large part of the evidence process before the Special Tribunal for Lebanon, may play a role in many future international trials, including other tribunals. And secondly, as the new technologies may be used more and more in different criminal acts, we may experience other complex international prosecutions and crimes. In such a case, the international legal community will need to be able to deal with the highly technical evidence, both practically and legally. To an extent, the Special Tribunal for Lebanon experiences with the nature of the evidence in the Ayash case may assist then as a beneficial example for the future international tribunals. And finally, as an international community, we should continue exploring ways to involve victims in judicial proceedings, focusing, of course, at the same time on the rights of the accused and uh, principles of a fair trial. It is important not to forget that complex international trials, including those based on very technical evidence, are here to address very deep human suffering. In the case of the Special Tribunal for Lebanon, it is not only suffering of Lebanese community as a whole, but also many very intimate and personal stories of pain and loss of those who lost their loved ones and suffered injuries the victims who continue to live their lives with physical, emotional or psychological sufferings from attacks. And their stories, if presented through the evidence, 
may form important historical record. And then the international tribunals can play such an important role in providing messages to victims, but also to the whole international community that justice has truly been served. I wish that this lecture gave you a good overview of the mandate of the Special Tribunal for Lebanon and insight into its uniqueness. Let me finish with a saying I begin with. There has never been tribunal like it before, and its many firsts have the potential to provide valuable lessons for the future, the future of justice. Thank you.